When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, everyone, and welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out adzsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, remember to hit the like button for me because every thumbs up puts this show in front of more and more Cowboys fans. So Friday was something, huh? I, I woke up today ready to prepare the show, kind of like figure out what I was going to talk about, about the game. And then I remembered, oh, wait a minute. On Friday, the Cowboys actually traded for Trey Lance. Seems like I have to talk about it. So here we are. We'll talk about the Trey Lance trade. We'll talk about, and, and I want to break it down in several point of views. And then towards the end of the show, what we will do is we look at my latest and final 53-man roster prediction. And while we do that, we're going to be talking about the game as well. We're going to be talking about what happened on Saturday night, the night that Will Greer showed up in such an epic way, or the night that Dak Prescott called to place. It seems like it's going to be remembered one of those two ways. So we'll talk about that. And yes, as you can see from the graphic right here, we will try to figure out if Hunter Lipke has a path to the 53-man roster or not. But first, let me say hi in the chat. We've got Katharina on Facebook. We've got Jason. We've got Tommy915, Gregory on YouTube, PCL Fuego here, uh, the Guru, Eastside, Lance Vell, Quills we have here, 6 to Midnight, Chalk over at Facebook too, uh, John Jones, Sweet Disposition, a lot of people right now in the chat. Thank you for being here. Uh, let's get to it. Obviously, we've got to talk about the trade. So, trade Lance gets to the Dallas Cowboys through a fourth round draft pick for the 2022, uh, excuse me, 2024 NFL draft. Those, those are the facts only, but now we've got to break it down into several areas we need to break it down and i want to start with who trey lance is so for a moment forget about how much he cost right forget about what it means for dak prescott if it means anything at all what it means for the coaching staff what it means for cooper rush and even like you could say what it meant for will greer and i use the past tense because the cowboys have already told will greer that he's going to be released they did so before Saturday's game. So Greer was playing not for the Cowboys, but for the other 31 NFL teams uh, on Saturday versus the Raiders. So we, before we get into all of that, let's talk Trey Lance only. So this is a Trey Lance only segment. Who is this guy? Let's say that you know nothing about the kid. 
here is your primer on the situation. Trey Lance arrived in the NFL in 2021 as a third overall draft pick of the NFL draft. The San Francisco 49ers sat at the 12th overall pick that year, and they decided, you know what? We're going to put together a hefty trade compensation, and we're going to move up in the draft. We're going to get to number three overall, and we're going to get our quarterback. And the story goes, who knows how true this is, but the story goes that both Cal Chenahan and general manager John Lynch were in agreement pretty much without saying it to each other that Trey Lance was the QB that they wanted in that year. So the story goes pretty much that they were like at three, at the count of three, we will say who's our guy. And they pretty much said one, two, three, Trey Lance at the same time. Lance was one of the most intriguing prospects of that year because although he had barely played college football, we're talking about having played a full season only in his career at North Dakota State, which is an FCS school. So, you know, not an FBS school, not a top tier school, if you would uh, call them that in terms of college football. So there were a lot of question marks about the guy, but the arm the arm from Trey Lance is absolute magic. And I have a clip for you, so I don't have to tell you about it. This is a clip from last year versus the Houston Texans. Look at the arm of Trey Lance. In this particular play, he will fake, you know, the play action, boom, rolls out, and then he will throw to the opposite side of the football. This is about a 40-yard throw right here, and he completes it. We're about to see it from the end zone right now look at the arm that trey lance has attached to his body now arm does not equal quarterback i know however i wanted to illustrate just exactly what the hype was all about when it comes to trey lance we knew that he had an arm that could you know he could make all of the throws right he had a plus arm talent in terms of power even in terms of accuracy because he has some displays of placement that are really fantastic. So this is a guy that has a bunch of traits that make him a very promising young man. Now, it didn't work out in San Francisco for the first couple of years, though. And this is why he is here. But let's add some context to that. And I'll promise I'll get to the comments here very soon. I got to finish my rant first. Lance isn't out of San Francisco because he got on the field and absolutely sucked during a regular season. That really never happened. He was drafted to be the successor to Jimmy G. And then Jimmy G never quite let go of the job. And then in year two, he got hurt. Trey Lance did. You know, enter Jimmy G again. Eventually enter Brock Purdy again. And Brock Purdy did not give the job back. Now, the 49ers are entering 2023 as one of the favorites in the NFC. And they decided, you know what? Brock Purdy is QB1 and Sam Darnold, the veteran, who might be honestly a safer option uh, for a plan B to Brock Purdy. Sam Darnold is QB number two. But the 49ers right now are in a situation that, you know, They've been in NFC Championship games. They've been in Super Bowl, uh, into the Super Bowl, excuse me. So uh, the one that they lost against the Kansas City Chiefs, it's a, it's a lot of circumstance that also kind of is going on over there in San Francisco. So they're not 
trading away Trey Lance just because he absolutely sucks or something like that. It just didn't work out the way that they had planned it to. And they prefer to move on with somebody else. And they prefer to just close that door in the organization because it was going to be a door that was not going away anytime soon, right? So that is pretty much the situation. Uh, before I move on to the comments, I do want to add this. Trey Lance, uh, this is his third year in the NFL. The guy is 23 years old. To put it into perspective, out of the rookie QB class that we've all been talking about this August, two guys were under 23 years old, and that was CJ Stroud and Bryce Young. The first and second overall picks were the other way around. Bryce went first, CJ went second. Will Levis, Tanner McKee, Aiden O'Connell, Max Duggan, Stetson Bennett, all of the other guys were at least 23 years old. So Trey is still in a spot in his career where you could talk about upside. You can still talk about upside, even though this is his third year in the NFL. And this is a guy with A-plus traits, as Dane Brugler from The Athletic called him. So there you go. That's Trey Lance. I wanted to start with that. Just that, before we move on into what he could be for the Cowboys, before we move on to what it means for Dak, what it means for Cooper Rush, what it meant for Will Greer, I wanted to really start the show and paint the picture about who Trey Lance is. And I wanted to, to paint the picture specifically that this is a guy that can still become something else as compared to what he is right now today, the 27th of August of 2023. I think that, I think that is important to do. Now, let me get into some of the comments to kind of check in on you and, and get a gauge as to engage really how we feel in the chat. Let me know right now, how does this trade make you feel? Did you like it or not like it? Here we go. Uh, oh man, there's, there's a little bit of everything right now in the chat. Michael H says, when was the last time that the knife nerves developed? Is it safe to say that Cal Shanahan is not a quarterback guru? I would say that that is pretty fair to say. Now I consider Cal Shanahan really one of the best coaches in the NFL right now. I'm talking about potentially top three, potentially top two. I think today it's somewhere between Andy Reid and Kyle Shanahan. Uh, that's what I'm thinking right now. I know that Bill Belichick could still have a place in that conversation, but we've also known that the Patriots are in this weird situation post Tom Brady that's been lasting a few years now. So maybe his stock is a little bit down, but I'm good with not calling Kyle Shanahan a QB guru because, yeah, I think that that's a term that you give for coaches that are developing QBs. And that is not something that we've really seen as of late. Uh, what's the knock on Trey Lance, says Modelo Time. The knock on Trey Lance, after all of that pitch that I gave you guys, is that he has barely played football. <laughs> that is pretty much it. Like, he has barely played football, and as such, we don't know who he is, and we know that right now he's not ready. Right now he's not a QB that you want to put on any playing field at all. And... We saw, we saw him make some wow throws over in, in the preseason and in training camp, but we also saw him made a lot of make a lot of passes that are like no-nos. Like you cannot make that decision when the linebacker is there. You cannot make decision, that decision when you're scrambling like that. There were some 
rough decisions from Trey Lance during the preseason. And I think that's what we've seen from him in the NFL, even though we've seen very little of him. So I think that's the knock, honestly, that the guy is not ready to play. And that's what I meant at the beginning of the show with saying, you know, the 49ers know that Brock Purdy might not have that upside. So they know that Brock Purdy is never going to have the arm that Trey Lance has, but they know what they're getting in Brock Purdy. And Shanahan has talked about this in previous interviews. He's been like, you know, Purdy is the same guy that he is at practice and he's on game days. It's the same thing over and over again. It's not anything that will blow your mind, but you know what you're getting. So you know what you can do and you know what you cannot do. With Trey Lance, it's different. And I understand a team that is in such a win-now mode to not want to have the plan B be Trey Lance, if that makes sense. Because the 49ers have one of the best rosters in the entire NFL. And really, their number one QB is one of the weak spots of the team. Like, you look at the 49ers and you go position by position, and the one that concerns you the most is probably quarterback, even after Brock Purdy was impressive as a rookie. Because we know that he was impressive, but also there was a lot of question marks about his play. And we've seen him start five regular season games plus the playoff games too. Now, here we go. Lance will come in handy. Game planning for similar QBs like Hertz as well. Says Am Havik. Now, credit, by the way, I'm, I'm going to give some a, a good shout out here. Mike Crump from USA Today. Uh, actually had an article about this and about what Bruce is mentioning here in the chat. He says, Mo, you haven't mentioned one of the biggest advantages with this trade, having someone in-house to break down the 49ers playbook. That is two things that you could really talk about with Trey Lance. Like he could be a very solid scout team QV and he could be, a, uh, he could provide a little bit of insight into the 49ers offense as well. I'm, I'm completely convinced that that is a part of it, even if it's not the main motivator, in my opinion, behind the trade. But now, now let's talk about what it means for the Cowboys. For the Cowboys, and the reason why they nailed this decision, in my opinion, is that forget about the Dak Prescott stuff. We will get to that in a little bit here. But in reality, what the Trey Lance trade is, is you're getting a developmental QB at a steep discount. The Cowboys wanted a quarterback in this year's NFL draft, and maybe they did last year as well. And how do we know that? We know that by the workouts, by the visits that they had. So they had workouts and, and you know encounters with Tennessee's Hendon Hooker, who was drafted by the Detroit Lions. They met with Max Duggan. We know that they met with Aiden O'Connell from Purdue. So they were actively looking at quarterbacks this year and it didn't pan out for them because they didn't take one in the fourth round they didn't get one in the fifth round and now that is essentially what they're doing it isn't quite the same because after all you're not drafting a guy with a four-year contract you are taking a guy with a two-year contract and that's not the same so if anything it's costlier but also in the fourth round of a regular draft you're not getting somebody with the traits that Trey Lance brings to the table. And in my opinion, having a guy that you are developing in the background, even if you have a franchise quarterback locked in for 
I'm going to give a very extreme example here. But like, even if you have a guy that signed a Patrick Mahomes type deal for 10 years, having somebody that you're developing in the background is just smart business. It's a smart football and it's a smart way to approach things for one simple reason. You just never know what's going to happen tomorrow. And we're talking about injuries. We're talking about negotiations going south. We're talking about crazy stuff that can happen in the NFL and that we've seen happen in the NFL. Now, if you're the Cowboys, you've gone from Tony Romo being your undrafted gem that you found to Dak Prescott being your 2016 fourth round gem that you found. And the Cowboys do not want to be a 1-15 team or 1-16 team, excuse me, if someday somehow things go the wrong way. So that's why, honestly, I think that, you know, developing somebody, regardless of your QB situation, is smart. And it's also something that Mike McCarthy has believed in in the past. So this is a part of it. And now McCarthy is a little bit of a, you know, QB guru. I don't want to say like there's a lot of recent examples of it, but there are some examples of it. And we know that that's one of the big things about him, how he works with QBs and how he has QBs learn an offense, learn how to play NFL, learn the protections, learn all of the basics of football. And hey, you're getting that rookie quote-unquote, I know that he's not technically a rookie, but you're getting that young, moldable QB at a steep discount because he was a first-round talent, and you're getting him for a fourth. And there's still two years in that contract. So, hey, patience is going to be the way to go here with Trey Lance. Now, when you get into the whole Dak Prescott noise, that's when the controversy arises here. But this is not why he was brought in here. This is not why he was traded for by Dallas. The Cowboys are not trying to put pressure on, on Dak Prescott or to get Dak Prescott on the hot seat. I honestly believe that sometimes we forget that there are 31 other teams out there because I understand wanting to frame it as leverage, as a leverage play from the front office, but Dak's, Dak's, Dak's leverage is not in the Cowboys quarterback depth chart, Dak Prescott's leverage is in the fact that there are so many NFL teams out there that would immediately target him if he was to become a free agent. Dak Prescott's leverage is in the fact that he has a $59 million cap hit set for 2024. So you need to change that number and you cannot trade him because he's got a no trade clause and you cannot tag him either. So the Cowboys... And you cannot cut him because that would be over $60 million in dead space on your salary cap. So the Cowboys are not going to earn or gain any sort of leverage uh, versus Dak Prescott with, you know, boosting their depth chart. Because again, Dak's leverage is based also on what he could get elsewhere in another team if he simply decides to decline every contract offer that the Cowboys throw their way. So it's not leverage that they're getting out of this. And if it is, it's like, okay, Dak went from owning 100% of the leverage to him owning 99%. That's like best case scenario for the Cowboys. If you tell me, hey, this is a 
emergency plan, backup plan, like if they say something to Dak Prescott in the negotiating table that upsets him to a degree that he doesn't want to talk to them again, hey, maybe in that sense, okay, he could be an emergency QB type guy. But honestly, I think that this is only a good player at a discount that, by the way, the Buffalo Bills and the Baltimore Ravens were also calling San Francisco about. And you tell me if the Josh Allen-led Bills have a QB or not, or you tell me if the Lamar Jackson-led Ravens have a QB or not. And if we would have, be having this conversation, had they traded for him? Had they traded for Trey Lance? Because I can, can guarantee you that we wouldn't be. We would not be having those conversations. So it's as simple as that. The Cowboys nailed it because they're getting a young quarterback that is much more talented than Cooper Rush, is more, much more talented than Will Greer, and they're upgrading their depth room, uh, uh, their depth, excuse me, at a QB. And maybe he won't walk in and be QB2 right away because, you know, Cooper Rush has been around and the Cowboys coaching staff likes him, but he's going to be a better QB than, than Cooper Rush. Rush does not have that sort of upside. The only way that Trey Lance is not a better QB than Cooper Rush is if he never learns to actually quarterback on Sundays. So let's get to some of your comments here. I know that I've been kind of going on a rant here on several rants at the same time. Uh, let's see some of what uh, let's see some of what the chat has to say here. Lance says no leverage at all for the Cowboys. Dexter says, so do you really think Dak is the best, the, excuse me, Dexter says, so do you really think that Dak is the QB for this team, Mo, for the future of the Dallas Cowboys? Yes, sir, I do. I do, and I think that the Cowboys also really think that. Dak Prescott has also done some stuff that Trey Lance hasn't done in his NFL career. For starters, start games, you know, for an extended period of time, Dak has been a top 10 QB in several seasons. Dak has done the thing on Sundays. It's a very different conversation here when, when it's as simple as that, basically. And I do believe that the Cowboys believe uh, that is their quarterback because it's a four-year deal, the one that they signed him for in 2021. But also, it's not. Because the moment that they signed that extension, the, the contract was designed for them to have another extension, which is the one that we're talking about now. Will it happen in 2023? Will it happen in 2024? We will find out, but the contract was designed for that to happen because you cannot trade him, or at least it's not logical to do so. Uh, well, no, actually they cannot trade him because it's a no trade clause like that would have to agree. Uh, you cannot cut him. You cannot do anything pretty much other than extend him at this point. Keep Greer, says Vincent, dump Raj, uh, Lance is a great move. Hey, man, I know that a lot of people will feel this way after Will Greer had that fantastic game on Saturday night. Mike McCarthy called it the best preseason game since 1999 when Hasselbeck did it. So <laughs> I don't think that any of that is going to happen. I don't think that the Cowboys are going to change course. So get ready for Will Greer to be cut. And as, you know, as uh, Mike McCarthy, no, excuse me, Dak Prescott said after the game, Dak Prescott said, 
they showed us three coverages. So also keep that in mind. But Will Greer, though, did show up enough, in my opinion, for him to land elsewhere. Like, I would be very surprised if the 31 other NFL teams go, nah, we're good. I'm guessing somebody's going to sign him. Even if it's just for like a practice squad, he's going to have a job over the next few days, I would say. Bruce says if Greer had lit it up sooner, Rush might have been gone instead. Hey, maybe, maybe, but even that I'm not sure. Even that I'm not sure about because whether it's right or wrong, but we do know that the coaching staff likes Rush and the front office likes Rush. And maybe it's literally because he won't go rogue like sometimes Greer will. Like he won't be making those crazy plays or trying to be the hero, which is exciting for us and we love to see it. But maybe the Cowboys would just rather have the game manager. And I think that's probably why they're leaning the way that they are right now. Anthony with the Super Bowl prediction. He says, Cowboys, Dolphins, <laughs> thanks to the 49ers. Oh, thanks to the 49ers in what way? Like, Anthony, are you, are you saying that Lance is going to take the Cowboys there? Come on, come on. <laughs> All right. Raj didn't win games. The defense did. He says, I'm Havoc. Yeah, that's fair. Like the value for Trey, says Laquan. Uh, Troy says, Cooper has maxed out. Has Greer maxed out? That's a good question. Inez says, Dak is the core, it's our quarterback, and he will get the Cowboys to Super Bowl. Let's go, Cowboys. There you go. So there's a lot of things going on in the chat right now. I'm just trying to read, uh, read, it, read some of them right now. William says, what if Trey Lance turns out to be really good? And we can explore those sorts of scenarios maybe in a future show. But for right now, I, I mean, just know this. Trey Lance has some good traits. Like, he has a, 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 an arm that it's a first-tier arm. That's what we're talking about when we're talking about Trey Lance. He's also a high-character player from what, you know, scouts have always said and what the 49ers have always said. And some people have described him as a football junkie. So he is a guy that will actually come in and work his ass off. That's what we'll get from Trey Lance. But he's not going to challenge Dak Prescott's starting job. Like, he is just not. If you want to have a conversation, and hey, knock on wood, but if you want to have a conversation, if like a... Dak Romo situation 2016 comes up, which even then it would be different because Dak is not at the end of his career like Romo was. Then, then, then let's wait and, and, and let's have that conversation if it ever happens. But like if we're being realistic, right now, Trey Lance is not even close to challenging Dak Prescott. That, that is not why he was brought to Dallas. It's just not it. All of that being said, uh, Lance says, do you think there will be some Taysom Hill type plays? Oddly enough, this is not the first question on this that I've received on social media. I don't know if somebody's putting out this idea and maybe it's because of something that I don't know. But no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't expect Trey Lance to, to be a Taysom Hill type weapon. I would guess that the Cowboys want him to be a quarterback and quarterback only. That is honestly what I think. But anyways, ladies and gentlemen, let's move on a little bit here. Uh, I think that we hit 
all of the points that I wanted to hit about Will, uh, about excuse me, Trey Lance and Dak Prescott. But that is pretty much all that there is to it. Now, before we get out of here, ladies and gentlemen, we do need to talk about about the fact that the Cowboys preseason has come to an end. The Cowboys won against the Las Vegas Raiders, the first and only win of the preseason for Dallas, which it's okay because the scoreboard really doesn't matter. But still, it was pretty fun, a pretty fun game to watch, wasn't it? Like, you saw Dak Prescott on the headset calling the plays. We were all hyped about it over on Twitter. And Greer played a heck of a ball game, And it was a, a cute, cool story to follow in the sense that it was wholesome. Teammates were celebrating Greer. He was taking off on his own, moving the chains, scrambling. He was... Uh, you know, throwing on the run, crossing his body. At one point, he involved, like, the left arm there. It was just a crazy game from Will Greer, and it was so fun to follow it. And then you had Hunter Lipke just going bananas with 118 yards total for him. He had one touchdown as well. So Hunter Lipke with a late push to make the 53-man roster. We'll see if he does or not. Uh Massey Smith bounced back, first play of the game, tosses an offensive lineman, gets to the, to the ball carrier, makes the tackle at the line of scrimmage. Just a fantastic play from Massey. We saw more of that throughout the game. What else can you say? Like Drummond had a big-time play. Brandon Aubrey missed one from 59 yards out, made the other one from 59 yards out. So big moment. I guess that, hey, anyone will take one for two. If you're talking about 59-yard field goals, it was a fun game. It really was. But also, we did not see a lot of players. Like, we just did not see some backups. Like, Deuce Vaughn did not play, to give you an idea. Deuce Vaughn did not play on Saturday night. Uh, Rico Dowdle did not play. Jalen Tolbert didn't. I mean, Jake Ferguson is not a surprise, but he didn't play. So... A lot of, you know, absences in the in a good way. Like the Cowboys arrived at this game and they just, they already knew what their roster was going to look like for the most part. That's how I interpreted all of that. And they wanted to give a chance to some players. You know, Kelvin Joseph was playing deep into the fourth quarter. That's something that certainly caught my eye. Devin Harper had some good plays. I agree with what Laquan is saying here in the Facebook chat. Harper has jumped. Jabril Cox easily in the linebacker depth chart by now. So I want to talk about this game, but I want to do it through the uh, my 53-man roster projection. This is my final projection. It does have some changes to the one that we had last week. So let's do it. Do not worry. It's not going to be a long roster prediction. We're going to run through some of these positions pretty quickly. Green players are guys that I'm fairly convinced are making it. And yellow players are the guys that I had the most doubts about. Or they are also spots on the roster where they could carry somebody else. Like if they're blank and they're yellow, that is what they mean. So don't worry. Let's get to it. I've got two slides for you. One offense, one defense. Special teamers, you already know. Uh, no, actually, I wanted to start with the offense. So spoiler alert. Three QBs. I do think that the trade for Trey Lance means that they're going to carry three guys. Will Greer is out. I think that Rush and Lance are both making the roster. 
And I believe that to start the year, Rush will be your game day active QB. Now Lance will be suited up because there's an emergency QB rule now where you can have it him suit up but not play unless the number one guy and the number two guys are injured. But anyways, three QBs for the Cowboys. I've got three running backs making it. Now, let me know in the chat if Hunter Liebke is making it or not. Let me know what you think. Yes or no for Hunter Liebke. It broke my heart, but I don't have him in mind. I just, hey, the numbers game did not work out for me in this scenario. So I could not find a way to get Hunter Liebke into the running back room. Uh, it all depends on Sean McKeon. We'll get to that. But broke my heart. Hunter Liebke, not in here, ladies and gentlemen. I've got Pollard, Rico Dowdle, and Deuce Vaughn. Now, at wide receiver, I do have six guys making it. So, you know, the big three starters, and then Jalen Tolbert, Kevontae Turpin is making this team. And I've got Jalen Brooks as my number six. This is the one that I'm not sold on because I wouldn't even be surprised if they had like five wideouts on the initial roster and maybe have somebody as a call-up on game day. But Jalen Brooks, seven-round draft pick, in my opinion, has beaten the UDFA guys and Simi Fehoko. Brooks has that upside, and he's shown it already. So that's my pick for wide receiver number six. Tight ends is tough, and, and this is why I went with McKeon over Hunter Lipke. It's not because of my opinion. I think this is the Cowboys' opinion of things. Sure, Hunter Lipke made some plays in week three of the preseason. Sean McKeon is getting first-team reps in practice, y'all. And Sean McKeon is getting more looks at fullback than Lipke is. Like, Lipke is getting more looks at running back. So... I just think that the Cowboys really like McKeon. I'm carrying four tight ends. I tried to do my best to attack my own recency bias because you guys know that I wanted Hunter Liebke to be in here. So Saturday's game really gave me an excuse to do it. Hey, don't worry. I think that Hunter makes it to the practice squad. It's always the same conversation with undrafted rookies and, and those long shots for the roster. Oh, they're not going to make it. They're going to get claimed in the in the waivers. It, it's either 53 or we lose them forever and ever and ever. And then the next day, they're in the practice squad and we're celebrating on Twitter. So I think that's what's going to happen. I really think they like McKeon, guys. I really think they like McKeon, even if, even if we uh, are all in on the rookie. And you guys in the chat are all in, in, in Lipke, actually. Lance goes with absolutely. Stephen White says, Hunter. Let's get Hunter there. Katharina says, yes. Cowboys Chris, uh, Cowboy Chris says, yes, for Hunter Lipke. Lance Bell says, yes. Jesse Pope says, no, he's not going to make it. Uh, let's see here. Who else do we have here? Uh, practice squad for Lance Bell. I agree, says Vincent. McKeon, Lipke can't play tight end. And that's the thing. Like, even Saturday's game. Even Saturday's game, right, was uh, a big receiving game for Hunter Lipke. He did have some good moments at running back, you know, pass pro moments. He had solid carries to getting to the second level, showing off some footwork. All of that, very good stuff. But I think that they like McKeon as a, as a pass catcher too. Like, I'm not sure if Saturday's, if Saturday's game changes their, their mindset, honestly. And again, I think that we've seen Hunter Liebke 
less than we would have expected to see him as a fullback. So that's the way that I went. Let's get to the defense, and then we can get out of here, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, this is the offense. <laughs> Four defensive tackles. So I'm going short there. I'm not very sure about that. Uh, Quinton Vahana could make this team, but maybe the Cowboys are fine carrying just two nose tackles. I am in this in this scenario. So give me Oza, Masi, Hankins, and Goldston. Uh, I list Goldston as a defensive tackle just because I think that that's how they're going to use him. You might say that's too little for the defensive tackle room. I will say Fahoko can play inside. Demarcus Lawrence will be inside a lot of the time too. Um, and honestly, that's true for everybody on Dan Queen's defensive front, right? So I've got six edge rushers, broke my heart, did not carry Isaiah Land this time on the roster. I did so last time, forced it. I carried seven edge rushers on the 53-man roster. That's the only way the Cowboys are going to get Isaiah Land on the team because they're not going to cut Fowler. They're not going to cut Armstrong. They're not. It's it's either you carry seven of these guys or you carry none or, or you not don't carry, excuse me, Isaiah Land. So broke my heart. One of the tougher cuts that I had to make in this prediction. I've got Isaiah Land making it to the practice squad, though. So all good there. Four linebackers. Leighton Van Der Esch, Damone Clark, Devin Harper secured. And Javril Cox, not secured. So I've got him making it, but they could trade for somebody. They could sign somebody, or they could straight up go into the season with three linebackers and have the safeties really fill that in, right? So keep in mind, Marquise Bell is going to be uh, taking on linebacker duties moving forward. We're about to end this show now. Uh, cornerback, Trayvon Diggs, Stephon Gilmore, Deron Bland. I've got Lewis making it, Michael Gelkin tweeted after my prediction was posted on ADC Sports, something that kind of backs it up, fortunately, because he says that Jordan Lewis is likely or, or is, is, it, it is possible for him to, to start the season on the 53 and not on pop. So that is good. I've got Kelvin making it. Not sure about that one at all. I don't have CJ Goodwin on the roster, but... I think he's going to be on the practice squad, going to be a call-up, and then they're going to get him on the roster. So CJ Goodwin is going to be a Cowboy on game day. I just think this is the best opportunity for the Cowboys to pull off some roster gymnastics and really go into the season with all of their guys. So CJ Goodwin should be in there, but technically he isn't. And I do believe Eric Scott Jr. could be cut, ladies and gentlemen. I do believe... That could be uh, that could be it. Bruce says, Mo, I read your article. I don't know about cutting land. Hey, it's a tough one. It is a tough one, and I'm hoping that they find a way to make it work. But yeah. And then the safeties, no surprises there. Had to add Juan J. Thomas because, you know, insiders are saying that he's in, right? Todd says, Scott over Joseph. And listen, it might be the case. It really might. My logic here is also that Scott isn't that guy now. Like, we know that Scott can be something. He isn't right now. So I'm betting the Cowboys could maybe sneak him into the roster unless they really feel like they can't. And maybe the fact that they traded up to get him says that they think that they can't. But hey, we'll find out. We'll find out. And then no surprises on special teams. Trent Sig, Brian Anger, and Brandon Aubrey. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that will be it for me tonight. Sorry to go on a rush here. 
but oh this is the wrong there you go this is the outgrow i was making a mistake there do me a favor and hit the like button thank you so much for all of your comments uh thank you so much for tuning into the show i am gonna run now because i am celebrating two years with my girlfriend shout out to her so ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for tuning into the show tonight do me a favor again hit the like button i i hate i love that you guys are liking the prediction and i love that some of you are like hey there, there is no way eric scott doesn't make it or quinton bohana this is why i love roster predictions tuesday is the final day for cuts so let's go let's go by the way most of them are gonna come on tuesday so we're gonna have to wait for the roster reaction i guess ladies and gentlemen thank you so much i'll see you el día de mañana muchísimas gracias